It's a Rock and Roll Bedtime Stories bonus episode. It's the end of the year. Oh, my God. My name is Brian. Hey, guys. It's Murdoch. What's up? Murdoch. What's up, buddy? We've missed you. And you're here to talk about favorite music of 2021. We did a we did a halfway point in the halfway of the year. Um, we said, here are some of the our favorite stuff for the first six months. How much of that stuff made it to the your end of year list? Uh, I think one did. We decided to do this a little differently. I... I have been searching for really good albums this year, and you have been searching for really good songs. It does break my heart a little bit. This is how my consumption level is at times. Yeah. Uh, it's more so than it has been before. And also what it's what it's done is it it's opened up my exploration of things that I wouldn't normally listen to. Well, the so. commitment level is different, right? If, you're, if you hear one song oh, by an artist and yeah. you say, I really like this, but then you listen to another couple of songs, you're like, yeah, I don't love it, but I can... You you you're okay with liking the one song, whereas I feel like I'm. It's almost like I'm speed dating, and I want to get to the good stuff, right? Like I don't just want to speed date forever. So I I'm like I want to find I want to find the act that has the good song that impresses me, but then is very consistent as a. I, man, this is a hard metaphor to thread. But, you know, a, a, as an ongoing yeah. date and eventual partner in life, I want to find that artist or band that is and, consistently what I like. And and I think that I really spent a lot of time and money with physical music and with artists and, and things for a very long time. And my priorities shifted. And that was just the main sort of thing, I think, at, at some point. Like, am I really excited that Super Drag's posting all these things on their Facebook and their Instagram pages and their Twitter pages? Yeah, I'm really excited about that. But, like, yeah, I have a couple things I like. I re- got really excited that they mentioned Guided by Voices on in a uh, Jeopardy answer the other day. That was really cool. I <laughs> What's still that like say about bands. your band? What's that say about your band when you are a, an answer on Jeopardy? Or a question? Hey, some, somebody got it for 2000 Nice. Correct. Nice. Yeah, right. Yeah, but uh, so I listen to songs, you listen to records, so I, I hope that it doesn't sound like you're a, a serial monogamist type of person. <laughs> and, and and you're just out there I, playing the field. And I live in Van Nuys. I don't know. <laughs> so I have, I do have a play. I mean, this is sort of interesting to music nerds, I guess, about how we consume music. So I have a playlist called that I created and what I do, my sort of psychology is when I hear something that I think I want to hear again at some point in my life, I throw it on that playlist. And then I oh, I never play that playlist in order. I play that playlist in it just with uh, at random. And so it works as like my own functional radio station. And as soon as I hear a song that I want to skip, I take it back off. So there are some songs that will stay on for years. Oh. And then there's songs that will disappear fairly quickly because I'm like, I don't remember how many beers I'd had when I put this song on here because this song sucks, you know? <laughs> so there's, and is, like, is it all new music? No, it's heavy on the new music, but I do have like uh, Where Have All the Good Times Gone by David Bowie on that list right now, for instance. So if I just, I might just encounter something in the wild and be like, oh man. I want it. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So okay. how about you? What's your, how do you like find stuff and then like consistently grow an attachment to it? I don't. I do the opposite. So... Um, I just, I collect them uh, like antiques or lovers. I just have tons of them. So it's like, I have like, there's like, now I've just started getting greedy where I just, I've just, I I need to get it under control. And I did start and and clean them up. But like, I look, it's like super drag radio, moody mix, slicing up eyeballs, the bully hit set. You just make tons and you make tons. Oh, I sent you that. You, You make tons and tons of playlists. Is that what you do? Yeah. Okay. Um, okay. And then and then I'm at and then I do add entire records. 
And that's how I listen to records there. Interesting. So, my, so that's so I go through and I'll pick sometimes instead of listening to a playlist of something that's a mix of things, I'll just listen to um, just a record that's a playlist. And that's how I do it. I don't know that anyone cares that we're talking about how we listen to music. I find it interesting to hear how other people do, but let's talk about the tunes themselves. Let's start with you. Give me your first pick. My first one is a song that just came to me. I went camping, which it was a new experience for me a year ago, which I'd never done in my life. And then someone played this song and said, I'm going to go see this guy. He's going to be playing a gig you know, near where I live. And I was transfixed. This was a song I was listening to. I'm like in Mammoth Cave Park listening to this song at one o'clock in the morning. Uh, and it's Genesis Awuzu. It's called Don't Need You. Once I left your crazy ass, I took a therapy session. I won't be richest with the wealth. I'll be the richest in blessings. I said, you made a bet today. Said, I can't leave my bed today. You tapped me on my chest today. Want to rear your head on a bed today. Black dog, black dog. Oh my God, I love it. Why have I never heard this? This is so good. Yeah. I can, I can see how at one in the morning, sitting around a campfire... Near Mammoth Cave. I don't need you. <laughs> oh, wait. Is it true? I love it. I don't like you. All right, let's talk number two. Let's just let's stick with your list. We're doing five apiece. And so what's your number uh, four song? If anyone remembers, there's this band from the 90s that I would never imagined that they would still be around. It's called Low. Never, never big rotation for me. But I mean, I'm trying to look to see when their um, when like their first record came out, like '94, yeah. So anyway, so they're going to be playing Big Ears, which if I get to go to a music festival before the entire world like goes to pot with another virus, um, so they put out a record this year, and it's and people really like it, and it's really interesting that people like this record. It is weird. Hey, it is weird. Yeah. Because it's over-modulated, like, art house madness crap, right? So, but it's, it's, but it's fun, and it's powerful, mm-hmm. and it's weird, but, you know, if you're, you're into it. And the song I've queued up for you is a big one. It's called White Horses. Consequences same band it's amazing and it's interesting you said you were surprised to see that this has had so much critical acclaim me too and i actually saw a list uh today where a website had tried to basically unscientifically combine every best of year-end list that they had seen um and 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 do a power ranking and this showed up on that list i believe they and that means the critical appeal of it was across the board which i did i mean my encounters with low have been that it's sort of the band that you say like, I like this. And people think you're like sort of smart. 
Um, and I also get them a little confused with sleep, which is that like stoner band. Um, oh, man, sleep. Yeah, sleep. Sleep is a bong hit band. This, this, there's a stoner band. There's stoner bands, and then there's gravity bong hit. Those songs. I mean, those songs are like sludgy, Sabbathy, seven minute long. Like, yeah, yeah. Odes to whatever. But that's that's really cool. White horses is cool. All right, I am really excited about your number three because you're treading into Brian territory, and I cannot believe this is on your list. So go for it. This is really in your territory. That's what you oh, really for sure. Do you, oh uh, who's guesting on it? You give I me know. so much crap about my love of Blink One Eighty Two and of, of pop punk, and then Travis. I I preach the gospel of Travis Barker. Travis Barker plays into the universe of one of my favorite records of the year that you openly mock me about, and then you put <laughs> Transparent Soul by Willow Willow Smith Will Smith's daughter on your list. I'm I'm just. Give me your rationalization and justification, and then I'm also like high fiving you because this is fantastic. One night I saw the a rerun of of uh, Will Smith on Jimmy Fallon, and they did the game with uh, you know with the roots about naming oh, yeah, the songs. Yeah, 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 yeah. Change it up, and then of course like the last song they put in was a Willow song, and that was my very first experience and introduction into oh really this is fantastic. Okay, I got a lot of comments. One is Travis Barker is like the godfather right now in rock music, and everybody is hiring him. Like the the if you had looked at Enema of the State when it came out, and then told everybody, music critics and casual fans, that this guy was basically going to be controlling rock music in 2021 in a mainstream sense, no one would believe you. No one would no. believe you. I, the career arc has been amazing, and I. I, I actually heard on another podcast, they did a Blink-182 episode of 60 songs uh, that explain the 90s. Have you heard the Blink-182 episode of that show? No, I haven't heard that one yet. And so they, Rob Harvilla has a guy on, and I'm, I'm struggling to remember who it is, but the guy basically, they make this they make this statement that part of the reason Travis Barker has worked so well is that he knows how to show up and stay quiet. and And because he looks so cool, and he is super talented, but he never talks. <laughs> and it is sort of true. If you go, I mean, you can find, you can definitely find interviews with Travis Barker, but like, not like you see Mark and Tom from Blake 182 in front of the camera. And he just looks so freaking right. cool that he knows the key is just keep quiet and do your job. And I, I do think there's some truth to that. The other thing I was going to say is I just read the Will Smith autobiography. And oh my God, yeah. Murdoch, it's so great. And there's so much stuff in there about him raising his kids and like how they find show business and stuff. But, it, you know, she effectively had another career already where she was opening European tours and doing all sorts of stuff when she was like nine. Because you remember that, right? With I whip my hair back and forth. Oh, that I was trying to remember how old she was. And now you have reminded me that is crazy. Yeah. So she basically went to him and said, I don't want to do this anymore. And so they quit and she like lived a normal childhood. And then now she's like technically an adult or real close. She's like in her early 20s, I think. And so this is like a reinvention thing that she's doing. And it's just so. But anyway, I, I can't say enough about the Will Smith autobiography. Like it's it is exactly what you want. It's like half self-help book. Uh, oh, I, I 
quarter to a third self-help book. And then like just the craziest stories about his ascension and the things that he's done along the way. And it's, it's great. Um, let's talk your number two. This doesn't surprise me that this is on your list because they typically make some sort of appearance on your list. I love that you have, you still stand by these guys regardless of the things and the choices they make. Yeah. Yeah. I just think the songs are, are good. So I think this might even been on my mid year thing. So it's, I think uh, this is just, the one that was on your mid, mid your mid year. Yeah. And I know how to play it. Um, from memory and sing it and everything at this point. So it's, I feel pretty embarrassed that that I do. But it's it's like a Van Halen song. They were doing arenas this year to like seventy five percent full arenas, and uh, and Rivers Cuomo had a mullet, was rocking a real <laughs> mullet on purpose with a black with a black dude. If you didn't see any of those, he had a big long mullet. He grew out, and he had on a black leather jacket, and he was playing a Randy Rhodes Jackson uh, Flying V guitar. Listen, it's a choice. This is Hero by Weezer. When I was a kid, I thought I'd save the world. Running around and chasing all the criminals. Swinging on a web, flying in the sky. Shooting lasers from my eyes. I mean, I got to say, there's nothing wrong with chunky power chords. Like, I'll take them all day long. Oh yeah, yeah. So, but if we if we want to completely change the whole, you know, the whole vibe of this whole thing, we can talk about my number one song. So again, not a not uh, a surprise, oh, yeah. not a surprise to me. I know your love of this band. I know that it was heartbreaking when you gave up going to see them uh, out of health yeah, concerns and, this year. And I want to show you what my daughter made for me since I didn't go get to go see Idol. So you you she texted a, this to me, and I, I was trying to figure out if she made it. So she actually created that? Yeah, she like she got the photo, and then she down, she put it into an app, and then she she drew like the, the outlines to them and then added me. I, I love that. And I love that the defining feature on your face are your glasses. Like, I you immediately see Murdoch in that picture. The way that it's hard to explain. Maybe we can put a picture of it in the show notes, but it's this original piece of art where she altered a, a digitally altered a picture of the band idols and put Murdoch standing with them, which is really, really freaking cool. My number one song is absolutely easy. My number one song, and it's The Wheel by the Idols, and it is a straight jam killing joke gang of four just in your face song about breaking the cycle of dysfunction and addiction Gang of Four guy? Not really. Sort of a later life kind yeah. of thing. Yeah, they're, they're touring like, again. They're, like, they're doing Nashville. I've got friends that are freaking out about it. Oh, wow. I did like Killing Joke a lot. Yeah, like, sure. I like them. So I want to hear 
your five. I'm not going to swear to the order here, but I am going to, I'll just mention the ones that I really like. So one of them that I, I came to kind of late in the year is this band called Super American that I hadn't heard of before. And it is someone sort of pitched it as being in like in a random Facebook group or something that I was in um, as being sort of like a reinvention of Third Eye Blind, which of course made me want to hear that. I don't think it sounds anything like Third Eye Blind, but what I do think it sounds like is this era of late 90s, early 2000s guitar pop bands that sort of they weren't pop punk bands, but they sort of like started to push into that arena. And they were all they, like, there's a whole bunch of them I can name that people probably don't remember, like Stroke Nine and SR71. Um, all bands I really loved at the end of high school and SR71. beginning of college. You remember SR71? Do you want to hear who I saw SR71 open for? Uh, do you, I have an Dude. SR71 story too, but you go first. What a, what a gig. They opened for you too. What? When did you? How did they get that gig opening for you two? What tour? The all the things you left behind. Two thousand two. I think it was the first incarnation of the Heart Stage. Oh my God! So SR seven one opened that show right now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's hilarious. I, I did like that song. So my experience was very different. I saw them in my college ballroom with about forty people, probably around the same time, like two thousand. Two, two thousand three, hilarious. So you saw them with forty people, and I saw, I saw them, I saw them with fifteen thousand. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's so <laughs> funny. Well, life. like with probably within a calendar year. Like that's that's insane. Um, okay, so th- th- this band, there's moments on this record. It's a little bit dis like disjointed in the sense that some of these songs do sound a little bit like Blink One Eighty Two, but then a lot of them sound very much like specifically stroke nine is the band that they remind me of quite a bit. Um, I'll do a little bit from the third track called RIP Jeff. I name my ego Jeff. Fuck you, Jeff. Goodbye, brutal death. Yeah, it's no sweat. Glad to get you off my chest. No regrets. Hashtag no regrets. Hashtag no regrets. Now let me catch my breath. Cause what's next? You drown out all my happiness. There's nothing left. Hey, Jeff. Hey Jeff, hey Jeff, can I ask you for a present? Let me say, I can understand why people might hate this. Like, you know, some music I I have that I love and I'm like, everyone should love this. It's unapologetically (laughs) the best. Uh, But this I I sort of get where people would be like, this just seems stupid and pretentious. But uh, I really, really, really enjoy it. And the record is called SUP, S-U-P. Okay, another record that I really love this year is uh, a record by the Illuminati Hotties. a sense of it. I will say this was the, sort of the sound of my year. I was really in this year all in on female fronted kind of punky pop punky sounding music. Like that was to the point that my son like was very upset with me most days uh, on the way to school and on the way home. Like dad can we listen to something that doesn't sound exactly the same all the time. Another example of this who, uh, album I really love, and I'm really excited to see this band when they come to town in February, is this band, The Greeting Committee. I don't know if you're familiar with them, but they're from Kansas City, Missouri, and 
a few years ago, I saw them open for Jukebox the Ghost, and my takeaway was, oh my God, these kids are really talented and really young, and if they ever get polished up, they're going to be a powerhouse. And uh, I mean, they looked like, I remember then, four or five years ago, they looked like they were 15, and I, I don't think they were, but I would say that they might not have been that far away from 15, like they might have been 18, um, and I think now they're they're maybe in their mid-20s, and this new record is called Dandelion, and I could play any song on this record. I'll give you a little bit of probably my favorite, which is the opening track called Can I Leave Me Too. Why does everybody drive the same car you do? I'm scared of myself without you. It's yeah. like Pop and Kate Bush and all yeah. sorts. Yeah, I mean, the influences stuff. are all over, but they're young and they're sort of putting it through their own filter. And they, I, I got really into the production sound of, of records and specifically of female-fronted records. The other one is sort of jumping ahead because I would probably call it my favorite record of the year when, when pushed, uh, especially if I was on NPR. Um, but another record that's very similar to this in, in that sense uh, around production is the Lucy Dacus record. Uh, home movies, which oh, yeah. I, oh my yeah. god, just and I, you know, a lot of times people I've asked people what they love this year, and they're like, oh, I really love Phoebe Bridgers, and I'm like, you know, I chose Lucy Dacus, like <laughs> instead of Phoebe Bridgers. I think you know they're <laughs> friends, they're similar. I don't have a problem with Phoebe Bridgers. I haven't engaged because I've been on the Lucy Dacus trade. I I've always liked her stuff as it sort of filtered to me, but I sat down with home movies and just got obsessed. Home movies plays like sort of almost like a concept album about she wrote it out of journals that she uh, found from when she was like in middle school. And so she wrote all these like conceptual pieces about growing up and like memories and stuff that she had. And so it really does almost play like grainy VHS tapes set to music. It's just, and, and the production on it, on both these records, the greeting committee record, Dandelion and the Lucy Dacus record, it's real bass heavy. And a lot of sort of playing with that bass sound and putting crunch around it and like creating these atmospheres, and at one point, I had looked up who produced this Lucy Dacus record, and I'm now I'm blanking. But it, you know, a lot of credit goes to that guy because it is an experience, and a lot of that experience lives in the headphones. So I highly recommend that record as well. It's called Home Movies, and if you can put it in your headphones and spend some time with it or turn it up in the car, I, I just think it's a really rewarding record if you like that sound at all. Yeah, it's a great record. It is a headphone record. All right, what's next? Um, so I would say a couple, three more things I got to touch on real quickly. I'm probably going over five, but I will say one of the funny side effects of living in this era where we all just sort of curate our own music on, you know, these digital platforms is sometimes you don't realize that things are popular. And I sort of thought I, this is silly because it's clearly not true because the guy has been successful for a while in, in other avenues, but I sort of thought I discovered John Batiste to a certain degree. <laughs> and then the Grammy award nominations came out and <laughs> he had like 11. <laughs> and I was like, Oh yeah. Yeah. He got, he got all the, gra- like that was so weird. Like it was a rattling moment of like, Oh, 
Well, it was a little bit of, a, of what <laughs> we call a, what we call a Nora Jones moment, right? Where everyone was like, "Who, who is this?" There was some of that where the right. like the general population was like, "Who is this guy?" But he's done all sorts of stuff in this album. We are that came out in the summer was soundtrack several months of my year, um, to the point that again, my kids were like, "Can you please not play this around us?" It's you're playing it constantly, um, and it just sort of lives. I mean, it's got a marching band on one track. It's got PJ Morton and Trombone Shorty together on a track um it it it, it lives in between pop funk new orleans jazz uh rap um like it's it's just all over the place and beautiful and a really fun journey from start to finish so this is just a couple seconds of a song called tell the truth Very, very and different. Where has he been? Who's producing this? What's what's happening? Like, where's the where has he been? This is uh, so big, the answer the answer is he's been sort of in the jazz world for a long time. And he's been doing classical and jazz related records. I, I went out and bought some of them. Um and he's he had a, a another band that was lived in that world. And so this is the first big like mainstream thing he's done, but his day job has been as the house band for Colbert. And then he yeah, got which is a weird choice, right? Right. And then he got um he kind of got a little bit of help from the Disney, you know, infrastructure because he was involved in the movie Soul. And he has done some stuff with this guitar player who sort of lives in the jazz and classical worlds named Corey Wong. And they've done some collaborations, which are beautiful. If you are in that headspace, put headphones on and listen to that. Um, so, I mean, he's been all over the place. He's just not been in the mainstream. And this is sort of the end. So this is what why I think, A, you have to remember that's part of the reason so many Grammy nominations because he's in a bunch of these categories that normally we don't talk about, right? He's not just in the big categories. But now he's also sort of bled over to the mainstream. So I highly recommend you spend some time with Tell the Truth. It's one of these albums that I do feel like there's something for everybody on and um, you 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 just need to hang out with it. Another record that I love, I, I'll, I'll power through these real quickly and, and not play clips from all of them. Um, if I'm being honest about probably the record I spun the most because it was the one that my whole family loved the most, uh, that's the 21 Pilots record, Scaled and Icy. The older stuff always had this sort of tinge of darkness to it, right? And it was a little emo and a little, you know, moody. This new record was like sunshades, man. It's just freaking, there's so much sunshine, somebody's going to have to stop me. It, it is it is so fun. Every member of my family knows all the words. Like, it's just, it's been on and around um, through most of the year, and we really, really enjoy it. Um, and I enjoy their whole catalog, but this record is, is great. Um, two more real quick ones. Uh, in the halfway point of the year, I mentioned Mod Sun, Internet Killed, the uh, radio star, and I do love that record. Um, it, it may be my actual favorite record of the year in terms of uh, records that I play the most and that make me feel really, really happy. Um, it is sort of in that Willow Smith category, though I don't know that anything on that record was produced by Travis Barker. Travis Barker has done songs since with Mod Sun, and he's part of that whole crew with MGK and Avril Lavigne and all these people that that uh, he's working that Travis Barker's working with now. So it's sort of in that category. Yeah, totally it, weird. The last one I'll mention. I'm way over my number is, but I feel like I have to mention this one. And I don't think this was on my halfway point uh, year list, but this is by far 
in the top three to five. Um, and it's a record called Sunflower by Br- Briston Maroney. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, sure. and you got to go see him. I yeah. saw him in a sold-out club in September with about 400 people, and it was just... I, like, I was trying to temper my expectations because I'd heard that it was going to be really, really intense and great. And, man, he's just at that breaking point in his career where something's going to happen for him, I think. And it was just... like I don't think I'll ever see him in a venue like that again. Um, he had everybody singing every single word to every single song, just eating out of the, the palm of his hands. And at certain points, you couldn't hear him because people were singing so loudly with him. And it's everything I love about... It's, it's all the parts I love about early Ryan Adams and all the parts I love about sort of the Jack's mannequin, Andrew McMahon in the wilderness stuff without the stuff I don't like. <laughs> like when it get with that stuff yeah. gets self-indulgent, this doesn't get self-indulgent, at least not yet. And this album is almost perfect. I don't know which song to play. So I'm going to go with a, a clip from my favorite. It's called freeway. It's track uh, four on this record. How does an artist like this break? I think the answer to that is YouTube and TikTok. Though I don't know if he if TikTok was involved with Bristol Maroney. I I just started like I couldn't ignore his name. I started seeing it everywhere, and then he had a lot of associations. Like he did a cut of one of these songs with Manchester Orchestra, and I think there's just like a different way of of getting ears and eyeballs now for young artists where they like if you start to dig into his online profiles and and look at like who he's he's got as related artists on these streaming services and stuff you start to find like a community of people they tour together they work together and i I think that's part of it with him i mean he's been pretty savvy he's created a podcast about this record where he talks to like the producer and he talks to the guy that plays guitar and like they talk about it and he's just done sort of some immersive marketing stuff that I think has worked for him, but man, the work holds up and he did a bunch of he did the other thing that people of this generation do. Man, we sound old, uh, where, cause he's pretty young. I, I think he's early twenties, not a, you know, we talk about on rock and roll bedtime stories. We talk about this idea of people who just decide they're going to be famous and they don't know how, right. That's come up with Berlin. It came up with share, but, I, I don't know that it's they don't know how they're going to be famous, but I think it's they don't know how they're going to get people to listen to their music, and so they try all sorts of avenues, and they're they're not ashamed to try things like American Idol. If you Google Briston Maroney American Idol, you can find a clip of him auditioning for American Idol that was aired like 10 years ago or something, like when he was really young, seven years ago. He's like a teenager. Regardless of any of that, take all that away. This album bangs like it is so good yeah, the songwriting is so yeah, good it's a really solid record yep it holds up so i'm curious if you have a list if there's things we missed or if you think some of our choices are specifically excellent mostly mine uh feel free to email us we are the story guys at gmail.com <laughs> i gotta say man this has been really stinking fun to uh talk about music with you murdoch yeah, it's been quite a while. I haven't like got to see your face or talking, so it's been really nice. And I'm looking forward to uh, what music we might discover together in 2022. So again, we are the story guys at gmail.com. If you want to get involved in the show, check out our website, wearethestoryguys.com. And if uh, we don't see you for a while, what should people uh, keep doing there, Murdoch? Keep, keep telling stories and Merry New Year.